Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Today, I've got a special guest, actually a more recent friend, somebody that I've um, had the privilege of getting to know recently and um, actually heading to a pretty amazing event that he puts on here coming up in the next couple months. So yeah. um, very, very excited to bring uh, Kyle Depies. <laughs> Did I get it? Yes. You, got, you nailed <laughs> it, man. Yeah. Sweet. It's good to, yeah, it's good to be here, Mike. I'm, cool. I'm excited for this. This is cool. And it always starts off well when so, someone says my last name correctly. So I'm excited. Yeah. And just full disclosure, I had to like run through that a couple times to make sure that I got it. So. <laughs> I, could, I could see your, I could see it in your head just rolling through it. Like, how do I get this right? How do I get, don't screw it up. Don't screw it up. Yeah. And funny enough, uh, I, you know, my last name, everybody slaughters Ayala, but for whatever reason, it's a yeah, yeah, Ayala. And yeah. So Kyle and I were just in an event and we had dinner together a couple times and we played a new form of credit card roulette where, cause the whole table was like, um, crazy last names. And so whatever name the waitress got right, they had to pay. And so, yeah, yeah that was fun. So, yeah, I like that game. Kyle, I appreciate you taking the time to be on with us. Um, I think my guests yeah. are going to get a lot out of um, you and just your experience and everything you bring to life. So I appreciate it. Mm. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Mike. I'm, I'm excited for this. So let's get into the four questions. So who's had the greatest impact on your life? You know what's funny, Mike, is I asked this question on my podcast too, and I love this question. And I, I have to give two answers. First would be my, my, uh, my, both my parents have been incredibly influential and impactful in my life, but it's specifically my father, just the, the father-son thing. And then I had a tremendous teacher in high school. His name is Mr. Sampson who, you know, I went to a small school. So he was my track coach, my Spanish teacher, my musical uh, coach, student council. Like he did everything because you have to be. And I was in a small school, so I had to do everything too. But he was everything uh, to all kids. So he wasn't just a teacher, but he was a mentor. And now he's actually become a pretty good friend. So those are the two people that I would say. That is amazing when you take a relationship from, from so far back and, and they stay in your life. Um, yeah. One of my first bosses in the restaurant industry he's that still for me. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. It's cool, cool to see that. If you could narrow it down to one thing that has had the greatest impact on your success, what would you say that is? Mm. Um, you know, I have to think about it, but I don't because, uh, my wife Lois, who there aren't too many women under the age of 70 with the name Lois, but she is under the age of 70. She has been uh, the, she has been that person for me. We balance each other out. And I think maybe many people are, if they're listening and they're married, opposites attract. And my wife and I are, are very opposite in a lot of things. And we've helped balance each other out. And she's allowed me the space, the time and everything to really figure out what I want to do with my life. And I've got that figured out now at, at 40 years old, but she allowed me that space to do it. And she's been incredibly important on that success path. That's awesome. I'm fortunate to have that in my life as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that saying be, behind every great man is a great woman, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. What was your greatest setback and what'd you learn from it? Hmm. Greatest setback. 
when I was at, at, uh, so my, a lot of my career is corporate. So when I was in corporate world, I was, um, it was a target headquarters and I applied for a job that I really, really wanted. It was like a head corporate trainer and I never forget this. And this was like, this was probably 2012, maybe it's a long time ago. And the divisional of that area, it was my final interview and he was giving me feedback on why I didn't get the job. And he told me that I didn't have the personality to be a trainer to be a trainer at Target. And man, at that age in my young 30s, like I was gutted. That really was tough to hear. And I was like, wait a minute. I thought like this was my gifting. I thought that this is what I was supposed to do. And here I am, I'm just being, I'm being told by a guy, like basically I don't have the personality. It's not within me to do it. And so that was, that was really tough. But I learned from that. I was in a tailspin for a little bit, but I learned from that. Like I, I you know, you can't allow someone else to have that power over you and speak that into your life because I could easily then have gone forth and said, you know what? I just don't have that personality. I'm not going to become a teacher. It's not within me. And so I've, I've kind of taken that back and said, you know, that was just his perspective on it. And it's not the reality. Uh, and here I am, I'm teaching now in a really unique way and I'm successful at it. So I learned that, you know, some people are going to have opinions and perspectives on you and it, and you can't allow that to become your reality. That's so good. What is the piece of advice you find sharing with people the most find yourself sharing with people the most? Mm. I love this question. And you know what I learned through my professional journey, professional and personal journey, right? Cause it all weaves together is that cause I got really caught up in chasing the success ladder and climbing the corporate ladder and doing it at, at all costs. And so the advice that I share is you don't have to um, sacrifice your personal balance sheet for your professional balance sheet because there's no success at work that covers up for failing at home. And, you know, I'm married. Um, I have a three and a half year old, Mike, you've, you're married, you have kids. And, and it's really important for me to be involved in the, the, the life of my son. Um, and it's a big part of my story. I get to stay home with him for a season and I love it, man. And I absolutely love it. And so, you know, we hear in the world and our culture that it's hustle, grind 80 hours a week and do all this and you get burned out, you get out of shape, the relationships in your life suffer. And for what? Like you get to be successful, whatever that means. But, but what if you, you know, you're on your seventh marriage and your relationship with your kids is awful and you got a lot, but you got a lot of money. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean anything. So that, that to me, that's, that's kind of what uh, I end up sharing a lot now. I love that. And I've often correlated not, not to go religious or spiritual on people, but there's a scripture in the Bible that says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world, but to lose his soul? Yeah. And I've always, you know, obviously that's from an eternity conversation standpoint, but I've always brought that back into business and everything that I do in life. Like, what does it profit me to, yeah. to have a billion dollars or a hundred million dollars or a jet or a plane or anything else and to lose my family, to lose my health, yeah. um, the legacy conversation. So I yeah. really appreciate that. That's such, such good wisdom. So cool. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I learned it somewhat the hard way. So, <laughs> so tell me a little bit. Um, I, I normally probably wouldn't start here, but I'm so excited about this upcoming golf experience. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Let, let's talk about the event that's coming up. I mean, usually that'd be like the thing at the end, but um, the, what got you into, so tell us about the event and how'd you get here? Yeah. Well, it's, in, and it's a bit of, we got to backtrack a little bit, right? Perfect. So, 
So I'll, I'll start uh, where we are now. So I create a bucket list experiences for high performing, high achieving, successful men. And the reason is, is because I help teach them work-life rhythm. I don't really believe in balance. I believe in rhythm, which would be, okay, work hard for a period of time, but then you've got to take a time out and recharge your battery. And most guys are really good at the, the forefront of that conversation, crushing it, putting your head down. And then we suck at recharging and being around like-minded uh, individuals and connecting and just having fun. So, um, I basically built that because that's what I was longing for in my career as well. So when I burnt out, you know, 2014, 2015, that's what I would have needed. So I just basically reverse engineered that and said, okay, well, how do I just create this for guys so that they don't struggle with it as well? Because uh, I'm interested in men becoming better fathers, better husbands, on top of being better leaders and entrepreneurs and, and successful businessmen. But sometimes we just need someone to help us in that regard. So that's kind of where it came from. So last year, I just had this idea and I just started marketing around, hey, I'm going to create a two night experience on the North Shore of Minnesota. And I want to see who shows up. Here's what I'm going to teach. I'm going to teach what I've learned through struggling a bit and just being really authentic in that. And at that time, I didn't market that to just men, uh, but it ended up being 10 guys showed up. I was like, well, clearly men need to have a container like this. Mm-hmm. And then I did another one uh, this winter. We were dog sledding in northern Minnesota by the boundary waters of Canada. And again, smashing success, a ton of fun. And then I said, all right, I'm going to do another one, but I'm going to do it around golf because the average round of golf is four to four and a half hours. And so if I can do a good job of getting the right guys in the right groups, like they know what to talk about. Mm. You know, eventually you've got to stop talking about the weather and you just start (laughs) talking about things that are important in your life. And um, so I keep the group small. We are golfing in October at Pinehurst in North Carolina. And then I set up a really fun half day NASCAR pit crew experience where guys can try something where they maybe didn't even think they could ever do this. And I just do it for them and set it up. They just show up, have fun, connect, meet amazing people, have a great time, get recharged, uh, and then go back and and crush life and work. And so that's kind of the gist of it. Um, Obviously, um, you know, we'll get into a bunch of other stuff you do, but what I love about what you have going, and I'm just going to be a little transparent about where I'm at, you know, for, for, our listeners that are saying, you know, we, we, we create all these limiting beliefs in our mind about why that's not for me. And oh, mm. I could never do that. And I have two concerns when, when I first heard this, um, and I didn't even know you when I got invited to this, right? <laughs> that's right. So a mutual yeah. mentor of ours reaches out and he's like, Hey, I'm, I'm doing this guy's event, um, with a badass guy. His name's Kyle. You should come. It's like a guy's trip. And I'm like, mm. I'm in. Um, yeah. so that's the say yes and figure it out later conversation. I was literally sitting with my wife and I'm like, Hey, look, Chris invited me to this. And she's like, where are you going to go? I'm like, yeah, I already said yes. And she's like, how much is it? And I said, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> so I don't have a limiting belief about, you know, the cost or any of that, but there's always all these reasons why we can't get out of our comfort zone. Yeah. And what I love about, I haven't even gone to one of your events, but what I love about what I know is going to happen there is I'm going to get stretched. Hmm. Um, so number one, some people might say, well, there's a limiting belief about money, which it's not that expensive, but that's the first thing. Well, I don't know if I can afford it. I don't know if I can take the time off. Neither one of those are my problem, but then I'm sitting here. Well, I'm a horrible golfer. Mm -hmm. I'm like, uh, you know, obviously this is like one of the best golf courses in the world and it's a bunch of golfers and I, I I don't care. I want to get around guys that are going to stretch me. 
So yeah. that was my first limiting belief. And then when we start talking about the NASCAR thing, I don't know why, but I get nervous when I think about when I watch how fast they're pulling those lug nuts and like, I, I'm, I, my incompetence, like my fear, all my insecurities start coming out about how fast I'm going to be able to pull lug nuts off of a car. And we need to get in zones and environments that stretch us. And so I really appreciate that you're putting these on. So I, anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, do you intentionally design it that way to stretch us or is it more just like a, yeah, it's in, it's everything you'll find out is intentional and it might seem like it's random or coincidence, but I don't, I don't know a lot of people that are, um, that excel at, at pitting a race car. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's a level playing field, but you're going to come into it and you're going to say, well, am I going to look like an idiot? Am I going to look like a fool? And you're going to, you're going to have to sit in that or anyone, anyone who goes has to sit in that. And then you're going to find out, well, no one knows how to do this. And where else might that be showing up in your life? Where will be the conversations that were going to happen? Like, you know, where else are you being, are you holding yourself back for fear of what others are going to say? And the golf conversation is another one. Uh, A lot of guys that are going are not good golfers, but again, you're going to have to sit in the like, what if, what if I duff one off the tee and everyone's watching and then I get laughed at? Who cares? You know, you know, like, but those are the conversations that you're going to have in your head and then we'll have together as groups. So it is very intentional. There will be some good golfers there and there will be some, some guys that haven't picked up a golf club in years and it's all good. You know what I mean? Like as men, we just got to drop our ego more often and get about the business of just authentically connecting with other guys. Yeah. And I love that you're putting the experiences together. And I love how you said, um, work, work life rhythm. I just appreciate everything that you're doing, you know, to just really stretch guys in general. But yeah, I think it's exciting. And I think it was Eleanor Roosevelt that said, you know, do something every day that scares you. And we've got these quotes, like everybody's heard that quote, but the reality is, you know, when we start getting anxiety around something, we need to go out there and stretch ourselves. So I appreciate that you're, you're, you know, you're forcing people to have higher conversations and, and pull to a higher level. So. Yeah. And I hold you accountable to having fun in your life. Isn't that crazy? Like (laughs) someone needs to do that, but Hey, I'll be the guy. Totally. I love it. So, so work us backward. How, how'd you get into this? I heard the target story a little bit, but what, what, how, what's your background? how do we get to where we're at today? Yeah. So background, I'm, I'm from Wisconsin. I'm a Wisconsin guy. And I, I worked for a travel wholesaler right out of college, moved to Minneapolis then for target HQ. And then I really got in my, you know, in my psyche, in my brain, I got this, you know, like every two, three years, I should be climbing the corporate ladder with the new title, with more pay, with all this stuff. And, you know, that eventually catches up with me. I worked for Carlson Residor Hotel Group for a while, and I worked on their owned portfolio of Radisson Hotels. And then um, I moved over to video game distribution. Again, nothing to do with any of my previous path, but I just felt like I should be working my way up, right? I should be get promoted. So yeah, all that caught up with me in 2014, 15, I got just completely burned out. Mm. And uh, I just started asking the question, okay, what am I good at? What have I learned? How can I utilize my story to make an impact on other people? And that's really where a lot of this started to come up is like, you know, I enjoy connecting with guys. I'm a teacher. I, I became a high school business teacher for two years before I stayed home with our son. But I don't like to classroom teach. I like to teach by throwing people into situations that makes them learn by doing and feel a little bit squirmish, which is, which makes sense after you just heard the story about the experiences. Mm -hmm. That's what I really, really enjoy. 
And so that's how I started to create that. But, you know, all along in the background here is the story of uh, debt in our life and the story of paying off a ton of debt in a short period of time. Um, do you want me to go into that? You want yeah, me to share that? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So I did this little experiments. I don't know where I heard this, but you can log on to the social security website, which is just ssa.gov. And, you know, at that time I'm incredibly financially illiterate, no intelligence around personal finances. And so I was logging on to ssa.gov to figure out, well, what would I make in retirement from the government, from social security? However, when you log on to that website, you know, you drop in your social security, it creates the profile for you to try to project your social security income, but it does that based on how much money you have uh, accumulated or, and paid into the, the plan over the years. So when I did that years back, my accumulated earnings was well over a million dollars. And I was kind of like, well, how could that possibly be? I've got nothing to show for it. So I was married at the time. And so I said, Lois, um, what's your social security number? I want to check out yours. Same thing with her, well over a million dollars. So to get, you know, combined, we're looking at almost $3 million and I'm looking around and I'm like, well, where did it go? Because our, you know, we've got a ton of debt. And in fact, our, our net worth was extremely negative. And so we just got about the business of paying off all of our debt, mm. consumer debt, you might call good debt, bad debt. We paid off everything. We didn't have a ton of, ton of consumer debt, but we just paid off our mortgage too because we're like, we're done with debt right now. So we paid off about $400,000 in 38 months to be 100% debt free. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. Um, just real quick on that, because a lot of times, and you and I have had this conversation, but a lot of times we're talking about you know, the good debt and being able to leverage properties and the value of depreciation and all that stuff. But I think we've, a lot of times from a real estate world standpoint, or even borrowing money for business, we do people an injustice because not everybody, uh, there's, there's different personality types, right? There's different personality profiles and I'm naturally a high risk person. And so I look at the world through my lens, but the more I get into conversations with guys like you, it's not right or wrong. It's just different. Yeah. And, and, and learning to apply debt in a, in a smart uh, methodology is very important. And so sometimes I come out the date, gate talking about leverage, 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 debt, debt, debt. And I realized after talking to you that possibly, well, not even possibly, we do people an injustice sometimes talking about going into debt because not everybody can handle it or has the understanding of what good debt versus bad debt is. And even taking it a step further, not everybody, even if they understand what good debt is, wants to be in debt. So we're all different. Yeah. And I appreciate the perspective you bring. So you guys paid off 400 grand of debt. Yeah. It's yeah. Amazing. And, and like you had said, I, I'm, it's, it's fun that we're, that we're hanging out and we're getting to know each other. Cause we're pretty like, I think your risk meter is broken and I'm <laughs> on the other side where like, I have the risk meter isn't even moving at all. I'm really conservative. However, I'm humble enough to say, I want to have a conversation with you about that. Cause I want to learn from you mm -hmm. and you're doing the same thing. And I think that's cool where we can both come together with completely different perspectives and we can appreciate the style from each other mm -hmm. because what ends up happening is, you know, in, in friend groups and in things like peer groups, like like will attract like, and I'll just start hanging out with a bunch of people that don't want to have any risk or debt in their life. And you might be the exact opposite. So it's really good for us to jam it and, and hang out. But 
I would say that through that process, I got really averse to debt. Like I, I got to the point where I'm like, I can't handle a single dollar. I don't want to owe anyone anything. Mm -hmm. And then I come out of it and I'm like, man, all my, you know, a lot of money is tied up into this house now and I can't, you know, I can't access that. So I could be missing out on opportunities. So like the evolution of, of my belief on debt is, is changing. And I think that's okay. Like, I think you go through seasons of that. I think it's totally okay to do, you know, we paid off the debt when the market was, was crushing it right for years and years. And I paid off a mortgage at what? 3.5%. So the, the average person who might be listening to your podcast is like, dude, the average, the market got whatever and real estate got a lot. And here you paid off your mortgage at three and a half percent. But I will tell you like my spirit and the weight on my shoulders has been completely lifted mm -hmm. and I don't feel any burden of that. So like, it's hard to put a price tag on that too. Yeah. Well, and even through that evolution, I mean, I've even a year ago, I would be the guy that would say, you know, I've got a bunch of equity in my house right now. Mm -hmm. In my mind, it's false equity. And I don't want to go out and pull that equity because I, you know, in, in a year or two, I, I think I'm going to owe, if I go pull that equity, I'm probably going to owe a half a million dollars on my house more than what it's going to be worth. Yeah. So that's a, that there's an evolution on the other side of that too, that I think you bring up a great point. Like we've got to have those conversations, but even in my personal house right now, a, you know, a couple of years ago, I would have said, man, leverage that and go buy more real estate. But there's cycles in the market too, mm. where like, even right now, my wife and I are having a conversation. Like, do we sell our house? I, I'm definitely not going to borrow against it. Uh, yeah. Because to your point, like, you know, there's weight of what's coming in the world too. And so there's different world cycles that you have to watch for when you're talking about the debt conversation too. Yeah. And I think that's where it's okay to be in seasons of it. So, I mean, if we got, you know, we've got a, but we have, well, our house is completely paid off, but we're selling it. And so, you know, I could take that money. There's a lot that, that we could do with it. And you and I talked about this and I kind of want to sit on it because I don't, like you had said, I think something's brewing and coming that I, I don't, I'm pretty happy that I don't have any debt as a result. And I'm happy that I've got liquidity to jump on a few opportunities. So that I'm really thankful for that. But yeah, I, I mean, it's, it happens in seasons and how I feel about debt, I think is going to kind of mirror that season and the, how the markets are playing out. Yeah. And I, I tend to look at a lot of things through the question of, well, what if I'm right? And what if I'm wrong? Mm. And really, I love the conversation that we've been having because more times than not, you're going to be in, in the safe, your, your teaching and your methodology is going to be in the safe zone more, yeah. more times than than somebody who's like leverage, leverage, leverage. So there's a small percentage of people that I think probably get it right and time it right. And some of that's experience and knowledge and some of that's luck. But the percentage of people that time that right versus the percentage of people that get wiped out through debt is probably yeah. 10 to 90, 90% getting wiped out. And so when I bring that back to my frame of reference of, well, what if I'm right? Well, if I'm right, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe I got lucky and, you know, we built this portfolio, but what if, what if I'm wrong? And when I look at it through that lens, it's really, I'm, it's opening my mind too to what you teach in, in, in your, in your deck teaching and courses is probably, it's probably a safer, what if I'm right versus what if I'm wrong conversation. So. Yeah. It kind of cuts the edges off of the, the risk, right? So we, through this methodology, it's a slow methodical process to building wealth mm -hmm. and it's not going to happen quick. 
So it is, I mean, but you know, it's, it isn't for everyone. Not everyone's comfortable with it. People want to go a little bit faster. People want more risk. That's totally fine with all the consumer debt that's in the world. Like I, there's, there's a lot of job security in, in what I'm offering to people. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit more about like that evolution. How'd you get into it? Is it just because you guys paid off your debt and, and started changing yep. your mindset around it? And then... Yeah, that's, that was pretty much it. Uh, so I had found um, Dave Ramsey through that process. And oddly enough, when I was a uh, high school business teacher, I taught Dave Ramsey's course to high schoolers. And uh, I, don't, I don't know about you, but when I was in high school, there wasn't a personal finance. And I, I wish it was more prevalence. It's starting to become more prevalent, but not a lot of school systems make it required in order to graduate. That's what I'd really like to see, just some requirements around personal finance. So... I really got into it then, and I just poured myself into learning. I, for two years when I was teaching business, I would drive 65 miles to teach. So I just consumed podcasts after, which is amazing. I mean, it's a commuter's, you know, master's degree in personal finance. Uh, people have so much time um, and there's so much resources out there to learn. There really isn't an excuse. Mm-hmm. So I just poured myself into learning it, and then we did... Dave Ramsey's plan mostly, you know, we went down to his studio and we did our debt-free scream live with him last May. A ton of fun. However, you know, not one plan works for every person. Mm -hmm. So when I went through it, I was like, yeah, I like it. But, you know, his teaching, if you don't know it, is is a series of steps. And his first step is save $1,000. And I'm like, man, $1,000 right now, if you were one of the 40 million people that got unemployed, well, how long is that going to last you? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's just, I mean, I think there are a few things that I, I like with him, but there are some things that I probably disagree a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, I just kind of created a course out of what I learned, what I know, what I liked and what I didn't like and um, refined it as we went. But that was, that was kind of it. It's, it's everything I learned through the entire process. That's cool. I, as we're talking through this conversation, I'm thinking of two different things in my life where when I was young, before I started my first company, which was when I was 24, I remember um, having to borrow money from my boss a couple of times. <laughs> this is funny. I actually borrowed the money to buy my wife's wedding ring. That's how like <laughs> <laughs> poor I was back then, but, uh, or yeah. how bad I was with my money. So I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm having these like revelations as I'm listening to you. I'll never forget having to borrow money from him a couple different times. And we had some issues with our oldest son, some medical issues and this and that. And, you know, he was always there to help. But then there was this period of time where I went to him to borrow money and and he said, Mike, you know, you got to get this figured out, man. You can't keep relying on me to be Mm. your bank. And he was the nicest guy in the world. But when he said that, he also told me, he said, look, I'm not trying to be mean here, but if you want to find, when you have an employee that can't manage their own money, that's the first thing that I kind of look at. If you can't manage your own money, I wonder sometimes how you can manage my own. And he was trying to give me lessons to, you know, he was grooming me for leadership and I ended up going on to run some really large jobs for him, probably more than anybody my age ever had. Um, But it was those lessons, right? And I never even really thought much about that until I'm just talking to you about this. And, you know, I wasn't at a place where I could manage my own money and just seeing that mirror and how he said that was just kind of eye opening looking backwards at it. Yeah, I, I think we remember a few instances like that in our life that really kind of change us, right? They change the trajectory of things. And so a lot of times those are humbling conversations, humbling experiences, but those are the most important and impactful. Mm-hmm. So 
you guys paid off the $400,000 of debt and then you kind of set this mission to go out there and help other people do that. What does that process look like? Yeah. So a few different ways that I do this. I currently have group coaching that I do through Zoom and that's a process where I bring about 10 people together at once. If I do more than 10, it just gets to be hard to get the one-on-one interaction that people crave and there's too many people. So I do um, what I call 99 days to money momentum. So over the course of just over three months, uh, I walk with people through this process that I teach them through. Uh, we deal with the very tactics, um, fundamental to start, like budgeting, tracking your spending, all this. And then we'll get into more money mindset because I think a lot of people maybe don't realize this, but you've got a blueprint on how you interact with money and what your relationship with money is. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that was probably modeled by people that maybe we, we didn't want it modeled by, but that's just the way it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we work on rewriting a blueprint uh, that you have with money and your relationship with money to help people lift the lid on what they think is possible and what they're worthy of. So that whole process takes us, you know, just over 90 days. So I currently do that through group. And then I also do kind of like one-on-one more higher level stuff for people that maybe their situation is more complex. Maybe they're not comfortable talking about it with anyone else. And they would just rather have me as a one-on-one resource. And then in 2021, I'll release uh, a video course as well. So people could just kind of plug in and watch it as they want to watch it. And it'll be significantly cheaper. So I currently have two ways to work with me and a third one is coming. That's awesome. And I think your timing on that video course is probably going to be impeccable just looking at what's coming. And, um, you yeah. know, I think this is probably, again, just shifting my mindset a little bit because I'm move fast, move far, move, <laughs> just let's go. Um, yep. But I think right now is probably the time where people really need to be, number one, I probably wouldn't advise most people to be investing right now. Um mm-hmm there's still good deals out there, but you've got to, you've got to know what you're looking for. And so I think right now, probably the best thing people could do is really like fortify their personal lives. And I love what you said earlier. Um, and maybe this isn't exactly how you said it. And I'd love you to correct me if it was different, but you don't have to sacrifice your personal balance sheet in order to advance your, you don't have to, can you share that? I forgot how you said it. I'll do it again because it's a a tongue twister, man. And I got to, I have to think clear before I say it too, but it's, you don't have to sacrifice your personal balance sheet for your professional balance sheet because there's no amount of success at work that covers up for a failure at home. That's so good. And so when you were just talking about that, um, the, the money mindset, I think that's why that is so important because I don't care if you've got no money or a hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars or a hundred million dollars, you're always going to have that same problem. Yeah. You almost always self-sabotage. So if you, you know, if, if you can't, and this was a big learning for me, Mike, was that, okay, you know, I'm, I'm making good money when I was going through this process and I'm like, man, do you know what would fix this problem is if I just made more money but it will never work that way because if you can't handle managing a hundred grand a year, what makes you think you're going to manage a million a year? Mm. It doesn't matter. It's like building muscle throughout the process. It's the same thing is true. Like if you can't give $10 uh, for a cause right now, if you're given more money, what makes you think you're going to be able to give more? Yeah. You have to be able to work on that now. And you know, I'm a, I'm a man of faith. And so to me, it was like, well, God, just, can you just give me more money? I'll figure it out. But put yourself in his shoes. Like, why would he, he's like, dude, why would I give you more money when you can't handle what I've currently been giving you? So those are some of the real mind twists that I had to work through and and really got me straightened out in a hurry. That's so good. 
you know, we were just at the event in Breckenridge and one of the things that David Osborne was talking about is like, who do, who do I have to get rid of in my life? Um, what about me do I have to get rid of? And then who do I have to become in order to get to where I want to go? And that's exactly what yeah. I, I'm hearing you say is like in order, in order to really progress, you've got to become a different person. You've got to change the yep. way you're thinking. And that's really what I'm hearing that you help people do around money. Yeah. You, you've got to, you've got to make room for the new by getting rid of some of the old. And I really, I literally was just on before you and I jumped on, I had a couple that I was coaching through and uh, the, the gentleman had some money blueprint issues that stemmed way, way, way back. And he's trying to step into a new version of this, but he's got to release that first. And if he doesn't, he's not going to be able to, he will continue to self-sabotage and it'll just be a, a cycle he'll, he'll continue to be stuck in. Yeah. You know, and I think this kind of goes back to <laughs> the lug nuts on the, the NASCAR. Um, you know, sometimes this isn't comfortable. Like it's not yeah. comfortable looking at a mirror. And I think a lot of people want to avoid it. But, you know, the thing that I'll throw out there right now, just having spent some time with you, like if I was going to have somebody dig into those deep areas of my life, I'd, I'd want it to be you, man. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I, um, I enjoy it. And I've been there too. So I've, all the conversations I ask people to have, I've had as well. And, and so I think that's the, hopefully people th realize like that if you want someone to, to guide you in this process, it should be someone who's been there. And I've been into all those deep, dark conversations that aren't fun. They're not comfortable. And yeah, I love going through that process with people. Yeah, it's, it's apparent and you're so passionate about it. So I want to dig on some. So a lot of my listeners, I think are probably still in the W2 realm. They're, you mm -hmm. know, they're working on their career, but they're understanding that, you know, they want some form of freedom. Tell me what that journey was like, like climbing the corporate ladder, having the revelation and then going to teaching and coaching and talk us through that. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a, like a, a revelation in, it was Thanksgiving day of 2013 uh, I was in the video game distribution e-commerce world. So right, Black Friday, all that stuff is a, is our big our big time. And my wife and I were hosting uh, my parents from Wisconsin, my brother from Wisconsin, and my other brother from uh, Washington at that time. And on Thanksgiving morning, I had to go into work at 3 a.m. Mm. And I get in there and I look around and there's no one in here, no one at work, mm. just me. And I'm I'm asking, I'm like, what am I doing? I've, I have my family who they're all from out of state. They're visiting for a holiday that I'm supposed to be hosting. And here I am on my own building someone else's empire. And I'm like, is this worth it? And I just had that moment that I had to sit in that feeling and say, you know, I'm, uh, I'm putting work in front of family and it's not even my own business that I'm building. I'm like, what, what's going on here? And so that was a really tough conversation, but I had to have it because that's what started the process. So someone's in it. They're like, man, I'm W2. I want to get out, do my own thing. First, understand that it is a process. It's not going to happen overnight. But literally every single day, I wanted to walk into work and just say, I'm done. I quit. But unfortunately, my wife and I had... Uh, uh, we were living our means up to two incomes. Mm. So I couldn't do it. So first would be understand that it's a process. Second would be uh, to, to really have some sort of plan. And that probably involves finances. And that might involve getting your lifestyle down to one income so that you can pull the plug and start to work on something else. 
And then I asked my, I asked several questions like, Hey, what am I really good at? Uh, what do I love doing? And how is my story somewhere in the middle of this that can impact others through doing what I'm doing? And if you can put all those things together, you'll find some, some real magic. And that's designing around fulfillment that I call. It's using your gifts, your talents, and your story to make an impact on other people. So if you can find a way to do that, and you will, and you know, with courage and with boldness, go after it, you, you'll have success. What's funny is you'll get the success then. So those are the things that I would say to someone who's in a W-2 and wants to get out of it. That's, that's how I did it. And that's how I coach people how to do it. So that designing around fulfillment, that's really the, that's your process. You take, you take me through that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We look at how, you know, you're uniquely gifted and talented and more often than that, you're probably overlooking what that is. Uh, because as I was going through the debt-free process, I'm like, yeah, everyone knows this stuff. Everyone knows how to get out of consumer debt. Everyone knows all these things. But I completely under, you know, was not putting any value on the fact that maybe I knew something that could be monetized here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we take that for granted, I think. Yeah. Well, and even if conceptually you think people understand that, maybe they maybe they have the inkling that, you know, at, at, at a 30,000 foot, they get it but they, they need somebody to, and that's where it gets scary, right? That's the vulnerability. That's, um, you know, a lot of people don't, I often say that until the pain of where you're currently at becomes stronger than the pain that it's going to take to Mm -hmm. get there, you won't do anything about it. But having somebody like you, I look at this visually as like bumpers when you're bowling, having somebody like you that can, you know, guide us and adjust us along the way is super important because even though we can see the pins clear down there, you know, we might not be great bowlers and we need people like you in our lives. And so I, I think it's really awesome what you do. And I love that designing around fulfillment and that entire process. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I didn't know you were a bumper bowler, but uh, I'll remember that. <laughs> yeah. Don't ever. Well, it's like my golf game, right? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah. If you could give me some bumpers okay. on that golf course. Um, yeah. So Kyle's actually stretching me, you know, I often talk about this at investing for freedom, but what do you really want? Why do you want it? What are you going to do to get it? Measure results and adjust, right? It's extremely important. But I've, I've had on my goals list to golf once a week for a while because I've wanted to become a better golfer. But when I sign up for an event where I know that I'm about to be golfing on one of the best courses in the world, I changed my goal. And this is why I told Kyle this on after the trip, but I set a goal to hit 500 golf balls a week. So when you bring that down, like to me, it's, I wasn't golfing once a week. I never stuck to that goal. But if I say I'm going to hit 500 golf balls a week, it just brings it down and, and, and brings it in, in perspective. So, you know, the, I don't remember who said this, but I heard this somewhere. It's always stuck with me, but the magic happens after you commit. Hmm. And if you look at this example and it might be kind of a fun example, you committed to this experience and now you're like, well, now I got to figure out how to, how to do this. But if you hadn't have had like this commitment, like I'm committing, I'm jumping in, you you would, maybe you wouldn't have gotten around to it Mm -hmm. in months or if ever. So it, and you can take that same uh, little fun saying and apply it to anything. The magic really happens after you commit. Yeah. Well, I think sometimes there's no sense of urgency or we even think we have time. Right. And it's just even bringing it back to, you know, what you teach people. Um, we think we have time, you know, I'll deal with that debt later. I'll, yeah. I'll create my plan to get out of my W2 there. By the way, there's a ton of people that don't ever want to leave their W2 jobs and that's yeah. okay. Nothing wrong with it. Yeah. No, but it doesn't mean that they don't want more things out of life. I think 95, 99% of us want more out of life than what we're currently doing or achieving. And so 
that's where, you know, beginning to get real about that and having the conversation is extremely important. There's no sense of urgency because we think we have time. But yeah. the reality is if you don't start taking actions and steps and commit to going to Pinehurst with Kyle, um, <laughs> then, then there's no sense of urgency. Right. And so, yeah. you know, if you're listening right now and you've been thinking about this and, and, you know, you want to make some moves toward, and again, it's not about a W2 job or investing or anything else. It's just changes around your money mindset and your financial life might be a good time to reach out to Kyle. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. I answer any and all questions on Instagram. I'm most active on that one. And I uh, just enjoy, I enjoy the process of just guiding people on a path. I, I have a lot of fun with it. I'm super passionate about it. And uh, I'm also passionate about golf too. So <laughs> I'm not, that doesn't mean I'm good at it, but I'm passionate about it. I enjoy it. That That's how you actually sold me. You're like, I'm not an amazing golfer. And I'm like, well, there's a big difference between not amazing and sucks. I suck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that course can humble anyone. So we could all uh, be really bad that day. You never know. Cool. Well, I think as Eleanor Roosevelt said, we need to do something every day that scares us. So what have we not talked about that you want to share? Oh man. Um, you know, I'll, I'll leave, I'll leave people maybe with this thought. So, uh, I don't know if you can see it, Mike, in the background, but, uh, in 2018, I did an Ironman mm. and, uh, I want people to understand, like, I'm not an endurance athlete, not at all. And when I started it, I couldn't run for more than 15 minutes at one time before I was done. I couldn't do more than 10 laps in a pool and I couldn't bike more than 20 minutes. Mm. And, through the process of stretching myself continuously, I, you know, I did the Ironman and I finished it just under 14 hours mm. and you swim 2.4 miles, you bike 112 and you run 26.2. And I could not even come close to doing one of those, much less you put, you stack them. But I, I, I was just, you know, you really have to enjoy the journey uh, and the journey goes fast because when I crossed the finish line, the finish line was a cool little red carpet. U2 was on playing, pumping in the background. It was amazing. And then you cross the finish line, you look around and you're like, it's over. Now, now what? Uh, so I just, you know, no matter where people are, I just want to encourage them to enjoy the process. You know, you'll get wherever you are like, you know, you'll get wherever you're going at some point and then you'll get there and you'll say, now what? So, I just want people to be really encouraged wherever they are. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other and enjoy the process. Wow. That's amazing. Some great wisdom there. I think there's the title of our podcast. So I appreciate that, man. That's, that's crazy. Um, yeah. So where can people find you, Kyle? Instagram, just Kyle underscore Depius is good. I'm most active there. I'm on LinkedIn to um, Facebook, not quite as much. And then uh, if anyone is, is interested in checking out the golf thing, just head to my website, kyledepius.com, and, and you'll find it. It's under experiences. Some fun videos on there from previous events of dog sledding and things like that. So cool. if you want to get hyped up, go check out the website, and you'll get pretty excited about it. I love it, and we'll put, uh, we'll put links to that in the show notes just in case you can't spell his name right. With, yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Cool. Well, I really appreciate your time, and uh, thank you for all the wisdom that you share. And it's just getting to know you the last couple of weeks has been eye opening for me. So I think it's going to be a treat for our listeners. Cool. Yeah. I appreciate it. And thanks for having me on and, and sharing your platform with me, Mike. It's been awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Have a good day. If you've found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, 
I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.